and welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast for independent creators. My name is Susan Bond and I'm your host. I'm the owner and founder of Bet On Yourself. Today we have Matt Kirk, who is uh, a machine learning practitioner um, and an O'Reilly author. He is the author of Thoughtful Machine Learning, uh, which was written in Ruby, and then a second book, Thoughtful Machine Learning um, with Python. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. So, you've written two books, which yep. can seem daunting and exciting to lots of people, and I'm really curious about that. Um, so, can you tell us a bit about, can you just tell us the from the inception point, well, that sounds ominous, like <laughs> we're in a movie and there's a spinning top, but okay. Anyway, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you know, how the first thoughtful machine learning, how that came to be, how you came sure. to author that book. Yeah, so uh, thoughtful machine learning, which was written in Ruby, uh, the first version, um, it really came out of a little bit of a gripe that I had with different people that I was working with. Um, really, I was working with I was working with a lot of, you know, machine learning experts and natural language processing experts and uh, they kept delivering code to us and that was just awful and mm -hmm. uh, I basically said to a friend of mine who's also an O'Reilly author that you know boy it'd be really great if like you know machine learning was taught in a different way like you know with good coding practices and using test-driven development and that was really the start of thoughtful machine learning and uh, he he thought it was a great idea so he introduced me to uh, Mike Lukitis who's one of the like original O'Reilly people and he he liked the idea and I ran with it for nine months <laughs> that's so interesting you know um, Sandy Metz I don't know mm -hmm. if you know when she wrote um, Pooter that she had, a, a, her story was a little bit similar. Her, her inception mm. of how she became an author, although slightly different, she was at a conference and she was, um, she was just lamenting about how object-oriented design <laughs> could be taught differently, right? Yeah. You're laughing because you know where this heads, or if you find oh, yeah. a story, you can relate with that. I can relate with it, yeah. And, and it, it, it turned out that, um, you know, there was uh, someone in publishing listened to her and then tracked her down for a long time to get her to write it. But mm -hmm. it's really interesting that an inflection point for lots of people, you know, and like a, a change in our path is because we see that something could be done differently, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you said, okay, so you ran with it and you said you spent how many months writing it? Uh, so the first book, uh, I spent nine months on it. And um, yeah, I mean, basically from January until about September, uh, you know, I have my schedule, I had it all outlined and um, I wrote it and, and that was, that was it. I was, you know, it was, it was one of these things where it just, it kind of came out. And I think part of it was, I knew, I knew exactly what I wanted to accomplish the first time. Um, so so right. was, yeah, so it seems like it was pretty straightforward. It, it was. It was interesting. Uh, it, it was straightforward to write it, um, but I've, you know, after I was done with it, and and this is something interesting in that um, the schedule that I agreed to was really uh, aggressive. You know, it was like we're going to do it in nine months, and it is aggressive. Yeah, and so I I said I just kind of took that as well. Okay, I need to do it in nine months. Uh, so. <laughs> You took it and didn't push back. Right. I didn't push back on it. And uh, I did finish. I finished it. But I wasn't really, truly happy with a lot of it. It was, you know, it was like I kind of rushed some bits out the door a little bit quicker than I should have. Well, and I'm curious, in that nine months, what were, what were you doing? Was this full time? Or did you have yeah. other stuff you were doing to make money during that time? Well, yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a full time job. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and uh, I would do occasional, you know, freelancing gigs on the side. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was I was busy. <laughs> wow. Okay. So so you have a full time job, and you're doing freelance gigs, and you're writing this book in nine months. Yeah. So, uh, like, how, uh, how did you fit the writing in? How many hours a day? Can you tell us a little? I just want to know a little bit more about how that worked. Right. Yeah. Um, so what I found worked for me was I would basically set up t 
time blocks during the weekend where I'd, I'd get up, you know, somewhat early um, and write out as much as I could. Um, you know, scheduling it based off of uh, my, you know, trying to schedule so that I could spend time with my wife as well. Um, <laughs> yes. But the personal time. Yeah, the personal time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I basically just had blocks of time, um, and that seemed to work okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Although after a while, I got pretty tired. Um, the the other thing I forgot is that I was actually doing school too at this time, so I, I had way too Whoa. much going on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we just add another layer. So yeah. what, what, what kind of school? What were you doing in school? Like, what mm -hmm. was this? Uh, so I'm actually still in school. Uh, I've been doing the Georgia Tech um, master's degree online. Uh, so it's like a master's degree in computer science. Okay, and so how many classes were you taking, I guess, the few semesters or whatever it was, the time period during that when you were writing the book? Right, so I would take one class a semester, and then uh, during the fall, which is right around when I finished the book, um, I, I signed up for a full uh, three classes. Wow! Okay. <laughs> yes, you are, <laughs> you are someone who has a lot of... I don't know, willpower, energy, <laughs> focus, uh, that's a lot, no. that's yeah. a lot. I don't know though, I, I'm curious though, I, I remember when I was in college on my last semester, I really wanted to get out, I was just done. And so I mm -hmm. took 20 credit hours in a trimester. Yep. So trimesters are much shorter than a semester, right? Mm -hmm. I think if mm -hmm. semesters are like 16 weeks, it's 10 weeks. So yep. 20 credits was, a lot. Yeah, that and is a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And I was, I think I was like, I don't know, I had an office in my sorority. I was like, I don't know, I, I like, I was head of alumni relations or something. Wow. I can't remember. I was doing a lot at the time. But I will tell you that in some ways it was the best time I had in college because I was in such a flow and being so active and I just got into this place where it worked. I mean, I couldn't keep it up for a long time, but there was a rhythm and a flow to being busier. It made me highly efficient. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if, if that at all relates to this time. Uh, it does. So there, there was some good things that came out of going or taking school or taking classes and also writing the book in that um, the classes that I would take were machine learning related classes. So it was one of those, you know, I could kind of double dip in a lot of ways. It was, you know, I was learning about machine learning and also writing a book about machine learning. So it was, you know, it, it was a, it was a good opportunity to learn from, you know, really well-versed academics from Brown and, you know, Georgia Tech, um, in a, in a way that I, you know, that I could actually do because, you know, obviously I couldn't actually go to uh, Atlanta or like, you know, uh, agree to a specific schedule. Got it. Oh, interesting. Very cool. Okay. So you finished it in nine months mm -hmm. and then it went out into the world. Yep. So tell me a little bit about like it goes out into the world and then what happens and then how does the with Python version happen? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. The first book kind of went out and as you could imagine, when it actually uh, was published, I was pretty tired. So I didn't spend a lot of time marketing it. Um, and, you know, mm. that being said, it, it did do pretty well. A lot of people bought the book. Um, and I got to do a little bit of like outreach, but I didn't, I didn't do much. So it just kind of, it kind of went out there. O'Reilly took care of a lot of the, the marketing for me, which was, which was really great. Um, but I didn't do much of it. Um, I just kind of. And they didn't uh, expect you to either. Uh, no, I mean, they, they didn't really expect me to, um, but I could have probably done a lot more to, you know, about it even I mean like I if you look around that time on my Twitter uh, timeline it's it's almost like you wouldn't know that I wrote a book um, Interesting. And, yeah and and even at the time like I I was working um, let's see in in January uh, I was working full-time as a uh, freelancer and you know it was like nobody knew that I wrote a book 
<laughs> it was just one of these things that was just like, you know, like I, um, I just kind of did it all at once and then moved on and forgot about it because it was, you know, it burnt me out in a lot of ways. Uh, so like the, do you think the nine month schedule burnt you out? Well, I, I think it was, you know, working full time, yeah. uh, writing a book in nine months, uh, taking school and, and, <laughs> and doing, and, 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 yeah, and, right, and. right, right, right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's so interesting. So then but when the book came out and you were like, oh, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm moving on. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I spent a few months, um, you know, kind of, uh, doing freelancing and I just kind of stopped taking on as much. It was one of those points in my life where it was just like, wow, like I have to be very careful as to what I say yes to. And so tell me about how um, the second book came about and yeah. how long was that mm -hmm. after the first one? Yeah, so um, what happened is is that uh, when I first talked with Mike Lukides, uh, he he basically said, he's just like, okay, like Ruby seems like an interesting language, but... Um, you know, uh, it'd be interesting to do a Python version sometime down the road, maybe, you know, like kind of as like a, maybe we'll, we'll think about it. And after the book, uh, was published the first one in September, um, it was like maybe a month or two after, um, it basically O'Reilly's just like, well, let's do a Python version of this. Um, and you know, I, I said, okay, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good. It was kind of the original plan. Oh, the original plan was to to extend it into other languages. Well, yes, um, I think the, you know the original plan was basically like uh, try it out in Ruby and then also do a Python version to kind of like cover both bases. Ah, and why did they pick those two languages? Uh, you know, so like it was. I think the Ruby was kind of directed by me because uh, I I still feel that Ruby is a really good language for people to learn from. It's a it's a fairly easy. It's approachable language that's like pretty English-like. Uh, a lot of people it say is. that. I love um, Ruby. That's what yeah. I'm doing my side project in is Ruby. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ruby's, Ruby's a nice language. And the other thing about Ruby that was really uh, particularly good for thoughtful machine learning is that the testing in Ruby is really nice. So, you know, whether it's RSpec or, or mini-spec, mini um, you can write really readable unit tests and functional tests where a lot of other languages like you just you don't so um so yeah i mean it it was that uh, i'd say that the first version was driven by me it was yeah. like you know we need to do it in ruby and um uh, and then you know riley basically said well if we want to bring this to more people then we can do it in python too down the road why did they why did, do you know why they picked python or did you ever well yeah i mean python is kind of the canonical data science choice it's like either you mm. Either you pick Python, R, or like maybe Java. Those are kind of the three like big uh, data science languages. Of course, you can do data science in any language, of course, but um, you know it, it's it's a community. Like there's a community of people who use Python to do machine learning. Yeah, got it. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. Yeah. I'm showing my lack of expertise in machine learning right here. <laughs> this is good. why I am not writing a book on it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So then they say, well, let's get the Python version going. Yeah. And um, basically, uh, I had everything signed for the next version within, you know, about two months. You know, it was just like after it got published, you know, the first version, um, they said, okay, let's write one in Python. And I signed it. And... I don't think I actually started writing it for another six months. <laughs> mm. That is yeah. when you say signed it, you had all the agreements signed out, all of the contracts and everything were in place. Yep. yep. Yeah. And well, so what yeah. happened to delay it for six months? Well, um, I got cancer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, there's a plot twist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I got... I don't know if you can ever call it like a good cancer, but I got a relatively treatable cancer. Um, mm. I I was not diagnosed with it, so it was testicular cancer, um, mm, okay. and which which is really treatable. You know, people uh, men my age like 
have a higher propensity for it. Um, mm. But it was one of those things where, like, um, I went to my doctor and he said, oh, this looks interesting, but we'll have to rescan it in, like, you know, three months or something. Um, and it just kind of, it was one of those points in my life where I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to stop <laughs> for a little while mm. and, you know, um, take a break uh, for, for just a little while. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and so, like, so in that six months, you were you diagnosed and treated? Uh, no, so it was it was kind of a interest. I was um, let me think of the timeline. So it was like around April they started scanning me, and then it was then in like July or August they basically said, okay, we need to send you in for surgery next week. Um, so wow. there was there was you know there was a gap there. And um, when did when was the book the paperwork signed for the book? Well, it was signed in January, like late January. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. So yeah. wait, if if I'm if I'm yeah, correct. I guess I'm I'm messing up my uh, timeline a little bit. I guess there's maybe a few more months between when it was published and when I signed the paper. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So were you so you signed it but were you you weren't working on the book yet no and and you know it, it kind of goes back to uh i guess burnout you know it's like yeah. i was i was pretty burnt out you know <laughs> um yeah it was and then like, you have these increasing these scans that are ongoing yeah yeah right and so then you have a scan in july you've signed the paperwork in january you've had you have a scan in july and they say okay so we're going to surgery next week next week yep so yep. get your scrubs ready and um put your affairs in order or whatever they say yep, yep and so you went into surgery and then what happened yeah though so i went into surgery first i had one surgery which was successful um and then they do a, a biopsy and then they're like well this is actually cancer because like you know they don't really know until they like you know uh take it to the lab um and and then basically i was up against a couple of options and you know one of them was basically uh probability of going through chemo or doing a second surgery so i elected to do a second surgery which happened in december of that year so it was like kind oh. of this you know it was yeah and it was it's interesting how it works because um you know surgeons who are in high demand uh, are really hard to schedule <laughs> is that what took it so long yes oh my gosh i was like what that's july to december yeah Got it. yeah yeah, 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 you, yeah you had like the really hot popular really good doctor yeah, I mean, the, you know, it's uh, living in Seattle. Like, uh, we're very lucky here that we have very good uh, uh, hospitals and like cancer centers. Um, but yeah, it was it was like you know the the guy who basically like uh, came up with all kinds of like procedures and stuff. And it was I was pretty lucky to have him. Yeah, it was like the guy you want to have, but yeah. the guy takes you got to get on yeah. his calendar. <laughs> yeah, like four or five months in advance. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have a guy like that, who, an yeah. alternative medicine guy. It takes three or four months to get on his calendar the yep. first time, and you got to book way in advance. Yep, yep. And he's changed my life, but yes, he's uh, I schedule my life around him. Yep. So, especially in the days when I was sick and trying to heal something. So, okay, so let's get back to can we weave in where the the book came like when did you start like working on the book in the midst of all of this yeah so i, I started working on it over um the summer and after uh, the surgery uh well so it was it was before the surgery it was mm. kind of like in in the midst of like you know my first scan and, and the first surgery like in between those two um i was just like okay i gotta start this um and I got pretty much halfway um, across the first summer, and and I think a lot of it was like you know the first time I was very rushed, like I was rushing through things, and the second time around, like I was spending a lot more time really trying to get to what I was trying to accomplish. So like I was, you know, originally I said, okay, I'm going to rewrite, I'm going to tweak these chapters and like convert everything to Python, but it ended up being like a full rewrite <laughs> like i basically really? yeah like i pretty much rewrote most of the book 
Why um, is that? Why why did you rewrite? Um, was it the know, language? Was it that you hurried? Like what was the what was the decision making process? I think it was just um, you know, I I, there's a couple of things you know one of them is like after you've actually gone through and, and written a book or you've done a big project you know of any kind like you have a different perspective of it and you kind of see things a little better um, mm -hmm. and you know after I wrote the first book it was just kind of like oh I see how these things could be better um, and I think with machine learning and data science especially like a lot of exam like examples are really important um, yeah, absolutely. And some of the examples that I had in the first book were were okay, but they weren't they weren't as good as they could have been. So I spent a lot more time like coming up with better examples. Um, and you know, it was really just it was kind of one of those things of like I just wanted to make a better book and deliver something better for people. Mm, got it. Okay, so you like took it down to the studs, mm -hmm. so to yeah, speak. Pretty if you, much. If you, if yeah, pretty much. Like, renovated yeah. a house. I never have, but this is what I've heard on home renovation shows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love the idea of like, take it down to the studs, which basically Pretty much, yeah. you rip out the walls and you've yep. got a foundation, but you're putting in all new examples and yep. all that. And so you said you got halfway through the summer, you got halfway through the book. Yeah, yeah. So I got halfway through and then, um, and then, you know, I went into surgery. Um, it, it was one of those things where it was just like, I, I knew that I had to go back and get scanned and either it was going to be like, a, oh, whatever, it's just a bump or it's, uh, it's actually something you need to take care of. Um, and, mm. you know, it ended up being like, okay, this is something I have to pay attention to. Um, and it was interesting because I, I I didn't consciously stop writing the book, but I, I effectively did. Like, um, you know, basically the first surgery, it was just kind of like I'm like, okay, I need to get back to writing the book, so um, you know, I can I can bring my laptop in the into the hospital and, and like write write oh the book, God. you know, like I and it was just it was just one of these things where I'm just like constantly like oh, I got to get back to that and. Um, you know, in retrospect now, I'm kind of, I'm laughing about it because it's just like, that's just so silly. Well, I was um, laughing too, like, were the doctors sort of chuckling about your laptop? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, it's like, um, the, the second, so first surgery was, it was a day surgery, but the second oh, okay, surgery, there you go, yeah. yeah, the second surgery that I had was like, a I had to spend a, an entire week in a hospital and it was like, the one not, in December, is that the surgery? Yeah, yeah, okay. it, it, yeah, like late, late. <laughs> November, early December, um, and that was, so <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of like, I'm sure everybody was like laughing, like, yeah, right, like, you're gonna do any work, like, you're, you know, uh, full of pain medications and can't walk, you know, kind of well, stuff, you know? It's so, right, it's so interesting, I find, like, what an interesting inflection point, right? Like, you're writing the second version. You're discovering you have to take it down to the studs. And mm -hmm. you really want to rework a lot of these examples, not only, and, and not only you know, translate it into a new language, but really right. rework the examples so that they're, um, you know, a little bit better or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you're dealing with an illness. And yeah. perhaps you have not dealt with it before. And it's like, it makes you, it, it can really... It's like, I think there's a lot of times, I, I chuckle about it, but, but I, I've had a lot of illnesses. I mean, I've had uh, cardiac surgery and I've had mm -hmm. uh, neurosurgery in my life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I now know that, uh, like, yeah, life changes then. Like, yeah. it does not, you know, like, I can only chuckle because I could totally see me being like, yeah, I'm totally going to bring my laptop into the, into the, into the, into the hospital. I'm totally yeah. going to work. Oh, yeah. And yet the, the inflection point of like, oh, now this is actually, life is actually really changing. I really need to right. change my approach. Right, right. So I'm curious. So that's why I'm chuckling, not to, you know, because I relate with it. And I think totally. a lot of us will re relate with that if we've been sick and, and when I had a chronic illness and suddenly I couldn't get out of bed for more than a few hours a day. And it right. was like, okay, well, there you go. It's different. Yeah, it's, it, cha it changes your life like overnight. You and know? your expectations of yourself. And I'm so I'm curious about what happened with that when you, you know, you had this expectation of bringing the laptop in and, and what what happened and, and all of that. Uh, you know, I... I think what happened 
it was interesting. Um, I mean, it, it was a tough, it was a tough time for me because, um, you know, going up to the second surgery, it was just like there was a lot of waiting, and then uh, the the second thing that happened is is right around then my my dad passed away like really mm. suddenly, um, so it was a really tough time. But um, you know. What ended up really happening is is that like out of that really low period, like I got so much out of that that was mm. positive. I, I found myself like laying on like a hospital bed, like you know, completely like laid out on like who knows what kind of chemicals, and it was just kind of like I'm completely vulnerable, like I I can't do anything, but I'm okay with that right now, <laughs> and wow. it, it and it's really like changed a lot of my perspective and. Uh, it's also given my it's also given me a lot more patience for myself um mm, yeah. you know and and I think like you can probably already tie it to like you know the first version of the book whereas it's like I was really impatient it was just like well I need to get this book out like you know nine months you know um but after after going through like all kinds of things all at once it was just like okay like I don't I don't need to do this all today. Like it's it's okay to like take my time. Yeah, and I'm curious when in the process did you have that re- that realization? Or did Ooh. it keep coming? You know what I mean? Was it yeah. in the beginning? Was it the second surgery when it was when it was, you know, yeah. the, you know, the sudden passing of your father? What was that moment when you kind of were able to have more patience and say I don't have to do it all today? Hmm. I'd I'd say that it was um is probably yeah it was after the second surgery. I mean the first surgery was like a, a pretty simple procedure. It was a day surgery, right? Yeah, yeah, day surgery. I mean, I, you know, it's it was like a 4-hour surgery. I mean, it was um nothing too crazy, but like, you know, the second time around it was just so so much different, you know, and um it was like one of those things where like I, I couldn't walk I couldn't really I couldn't do anything on my own wow and it was a pretty serious surgery then yeah yeah it, it is um because I mean I you know I don't I don't need to get into details but it, it's a pretty serious surgery yeah um, I mean surgery can be always serious but like sure. something like a day surgery I think it's surgery, but I mean, I've had day surgeries too. Sure. It feels a little more like a procedure, but, yep. mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if you were under local or you were under general, um, during the, the day gen- surgery. It was a general. Yeah, you yeah. were under general. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, so this, yeah, it was a serious surgery. And so that was when you kind of started to realize. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of one of those like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I there, there's it, it, this is weird coming to my mind, but there's this uh, bluegrass song about like the darkest hours just before dawn, and it was just mm. like one of those moments of just like, okay, like this is pretty dark, like it, you know, this it's not so great, but then like everything got better, and then it was like, wow, like I feel really grateful for everything that I have, and uh, it was it was a good experience in a weird way. <laughs> uh, you know, I I can really relate. Um, so I, when I had cardiac surgery, I had pericarditis, which is mm. uh, basically I had a, a viral strep that allowed a bacterial strep to go into my pericardium. Wow. It's quite rare, quite odd. I was very yeah, young. Yeah. And, um, you know, suddenly I ended up in the hospital. I couldn't function very well. And there was a pint of fluid around my heart and my pericardium, <sighs> squeezing my heart shut. Yeah. Wow. And, and and basically they took me in and then they they made my parents come out. They were traveling in Texas. They like had to drive two hours to the nearest airport. They had their mm-hmm. clothes literally in brown paper like grocery sacks because they didn't have suitcases. So wow. they flew out because they thought I wasn't going to make it through the night. And they came in at 11 o'clock at night and then the next morning they got to see me and then the next morning everything went haywire and I, and I flatlined. Wow. But people always ask me, was that the worst day of your life? And was that the worst experience of your life? And, and, you know, there's a way in which I say yes and no. Right. Like, yeah, it's pretty hard when you're like, well, crap. If they don't get (laughs) here in five minutes, I'm basically going to die. 
Yeah, yeah. It was a very calm feeling. It was the calmest feeling I've ever been in my life. Sometimes I wish to go back there because I'm like, let go of all the little crap. Let me be very calm. And I was like, well, yeah, if they don't get here. And then, you know, I remember them screaming, Dr. Jacobson, get him. It's an emergency, you know, and I was in cardiac ICU. Wow. I mean, I was the youngest by like easily 50 or 60 years. Yep, yep. But there's a way in which it just made the world a lot clearer and mm -hmm. my priorities and what was really important clearer. Yep. Does that at all relate or resonate with your experience and that idea of like, it's like darkest before the dawn, like that there can be a switch from that really hard place that there's a place in which it's like bittersweet or there's two edges to it. Yeah, I mean, I, it totally resonates with me. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, and I'm so in terms of like getting back to the book. So you you have the surgery, and <laughs> yep. you're you know you're laid out, and you're yep. definitely not on that laptop working on it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you're 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 in recovery, um, and so I'm I'm curious about how. I'm sure there's lots of ways that that translated in your personal life, but I'm curious about how it translated into to this project, which is essentially a side project, right? Like you were mm -hmm. working and you yep. had this other stuff in life. How, you know, how did, what did that process of getting back at it, like what was the new approach or what was that like? Well, I think, uh, you know, the new approach was, uh, I allowed myself a lot more time. And uh, I, I will say that O'Reilly was really, you know, my editor was like really supportive throughout this whole thing. Uh, she was great. Um, and, you know, I basically said that, you know, I was going to take some time to kind of relax a little bit um, and, and not like rush through it. And, you know, I basically took another, uh, another year more or less to finish it off. Um, okay. So a year, another year from like, December-ish after the surgery. Yeah, yeah, basically, okay. yeah, and um, and I was pretty happy with it when it was done. You know, it was kind of like I, I did it when I had time, and um, you know, I mean, there there was there's obviously like points in there where like, you know, during the summer I didn't work on it as much. Like I just you know I relaxed and I spent time like outside and stuff. Um, but but yeah, I mean I. Um, I felt a lot more accomplished and a lot happier with it because it was it was something that you know it I put enough time into it uh, I think that it turned out pretty well and um, and yeah I mean it, it had enough time and um, hmm. yeah yeah I mean, not only time but I mean so it sounds like that one was a if I if I can do math correctly it was about two years mm -hmm. from when mm -hmm. you signed to when you finally completed <laughs> yep. it is that correct yep. that's about right yeah. so it's different like nine months is pretty aggressive two years yes. doesn't actually sound horribly long it's not only like the time but maybe also mental space right exactly does that make sense like there, yep. like maybe you gave it there was some mental space around the second version that you didn't have it during the first right yeah i mean i gave it a lot more time to incubate you know mm. um it and i really think that it needed it you know uh and i i'd say that you know i would i would find things that i'd want to improve and then i'd kind of let those like sit in my mind for a little while before i really went back to it uh, rather than just trying to shove it in there, you know. Um, right, right. Because before, yeah. if you were hitting this, working on this deadline, and you just had to get it done, it, 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 it's not. You know, it can, it can become. I don't know if mm -hmm. it was, but it could become like a checklist. Right. And just trying to get it done. Exactly. And, and there can feel a lot of pressure. I mean, you're a first-time author. You've not done this before. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it was, I think a lot of that pressure was actually self-imposed because um, I, I'm pretty certain that the way that O'Reilly comes up with, um, you know, schedules is pretty relaxed. Like, you know, it, it, yeah, okay, it takes you six months to write the first five chapters, but they, they don't care if it takes you a year as much. Um, because, you know, it's like, if you need extra time, then just take it. Um, but, of course, I didn't approach it that way the first time around. 
Right. Well, you know, there's a way. I'm, I'm the kind of person, if you set a deadline, I'm going to hit it or I'm going to right. die trying and I'm still exactly. here. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Right. So, you know, so, so you turn it in and it gets published. And what was the process like after, once you turn it in and you're, you know, did you market this one at all? Like, was there anything yeah. different? So uh, I've actually been spending a lot more time marketing this book. Um, uh, it came out in January, so it's been out for almost six months now. Uh, yeah, of this year. And um, the way that I've been marketing it has been a little bit of, you know, Twitter, but a lot of, um, I've been kind of collecting people on uh, email like email newsletter type stuff and like basically sending them uh you know bits of information and then also uh i put together like a machine learning like short course to get people started in machine learning um so I, i've been doing that and that's been pretty pretty good and then the other thing is is that i've been teaching uh like a uh three hour machine learning training online through safari which is owned by o'reilly uh, so like I've had people know that I wrote the book this time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not like what you say what? what? Yeah, yeah, it, it's been fairly good um, response so far. Um, there's it's interesting because uh, I I think the weirdest thing is that my uh, you know thoughtful machine learning with Python is on you know it's on Amazon and it's on O'Reilly and it's on Safari and it's on Goodreads and um, each one of them has their own like rating system and like it's it's gotten pretty good ratings except for O'Reilly where one person like gave it a one-star review because they were they were upset with uh, the setup of the Python code but uh, overall, I think it's done pretty well. There's always that one person. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it huh, is. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, that 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 can happen. And that one I, I, guy. Yeah, that that one guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's interesting too. I think there's lots of people who don't. I was just talking the other day uh, with my partner about this, about how um, there's a way in which. We can just think that things appear like new. I was I was I was upset because I wanted new episodes of this show that I love. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to keep binge watching this. Why aren't yep, there more? Yep. And I thought, <laughs> well, I'm treating that creator like a commodity. <laughs> right. And that's actually a real person who has to write that. Exactly. And then they have to find the actors and then they have to set up the stage and they have to do all of these things. And there's a way in which I think we can treat authors of books that way, too. Oh, I, I totally agree. You know and, what I mean? You know, yeah, and I, I've fallen into that trap, too, where, like, I'll pick up a book and I'll be like, oh, this book sucks, you know, like, what's wrong with them? They didn't like, do this you know. one thing. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't, like, you know, make it easy for me to, like, learn from them. And, you know, I, being being an author myself, it's like, you know, it took me two years to write this, this book, and it's just like, you know, it took me a long time, um... But most people don't think that way, you know. It's it's mm -hmm. like this this mismatch of like, oh well, I consumed it within an afternoon, so therefore you must have only taken an afternoon. Um, <laughs> right, right. Or they hold they 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 like like that guy who didn't like the way you set up the Python code, so gave right. you one star for that, regardless right. of potentially other learning that might have been gleaned or lots of other things. Yeah. Um, and I think I bring that up just because, you know, the show's really about independent creators, and I think mm -hmm. that that's something, um, as an independent creator, we all, yeah, it's, it's common. We all face that, right? Yep. Like, but yeah. what about this? You know, um, I wrote an article for Vast Company that went pretty wide, and... Uh, you know, somebody was like, well, she did okay, but blah, 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 <laughs> you know, and dissed me, like mentioned yeah. my name and all that, oh, and dissed yeah. me, and I was like, hmm, all right, cool. Yeah. But, it, and I, it gave me a really thick skin, like having it go so wide. I mean, I really got incredibly little, um, I didn't really get much. I, I was waiting for pushback, the trolls. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting yeah. for the trolls. I was waiting yeah. for the pushback, and I didn't really get very much. Um, yeah. A little bit, and some of it was actually, some of it I, I agreed with, but some of it didn't. But it, anyway, I just bring that up in terms of like independent creators that that this is something that we face. Oh yeah. Um, and did you ever think you'd become an author? No. Like that was not a goal. That was not on <laughs> oh, your bucket list. No, no, no. It was. <laughs> it was on my it was on my bucket list um but 
I did really poorly in English class in mm. uh, middle school and high school, and uh, I never thought that I could be an author. So, um, yeah, it, it was one of those things that I overcame, obviously, but uh, I never thought that I would become an author, but it was always something that I wanted to do. Yeah, that's so interesting to me. So you didn't do good at English, but you had it on your list. What was the... Tell me about that. What's the difference in there? You know what I mean? Like, what made yeah. you still want to do it, even though you acknowledged that you weren't a very good writer in the beginning, or, you know, when you were formative years? Well, I think, it. you know, for me personally, uh, I've, I love books. Um, it's just kind of like, they're just so... I mean, you know, the internet's great. You can read a lot of really good stuff on blogs and all of that. But, like, long-form content in the form of books is just such an amazing invention. And um, I guess for me, it was just, it was always, like, one of these things of, like, oh, it would be so cool if, like, I could write a book. Because, like, you know, when I was uh, 12 or, I think it was, like, 12 or 13, like, I read the uh, the Kathy Sierra books, the... Um, Mm-hmm. the like head first java and all of that stuff and like it was just it just like opened up my entire world and it was all it was was a book you know uh and i i think it was it was one of those things of like wow if i could do that for like one person like i would feel so uh accomplished yes. in life so it was the impact like there's people yeah. who want to become an author because maybe they want the prestige you know sure. or having yeah, they did right. it, but for you it was about i want to have impact it's all about impact for me that's amazing. I think that, that that's great. I mean, there's lots of great reasons to write books. I mean, oh sure, you yeah. know, but th- that is one. Yeah, yeah. That that's really interesting that you. So by the time you started writing it, would you say you would overcome some of those writing difficulties, or was it during the process, like you became a better writer? How did that work out? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it. You know, what's funny is that the first time around, I spent so much time. Um, applying Strunk and White's, uh, you mm. know, like elements of like good writing. You know, what, yep. what is that book? Elements right? of it's style. Ele- elements of style, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and I even had like bash scripts that would like look for like you know weasel words and all this, like basically like a grammarly for like you know my terminal. Um, and it's interesting because. Um, it, it all of that was because I felt like I wasn't a good writer, mm-hmm. and and it's just kind of like well, I guess I came to the conclusion that you don't have to be a good writer necessarily. Like you just need to have really good ideas, um, and like communicate them effectively, uh, you know. And you know, there's people uh, who've actually like given me bad feedback because they're just like, well, I don't like your style of writing because it's too informal or it's too casual, and it's ah. just like. And it's just like, you know what? I don't really care. Like, yep. uh, you get my point. That's all that matters. Well, yeah, you know? and, I, and I think it's different, too, if you're writing um, a literary book versus sure. a technical book. Yep. I really, and I think when it comes to technical books, the idea matters. Certainly, there's a bar. We need to be able to understand what you're saying, and you need to make oh, yeah. a logical argument and help me. I think, actually, the it's a more instructional, like, how do I walk through and solve this problem? Step by step, yeah. Right, and technical writing is quite different from literary writing, and that's where I think it benefits from really being down-to-earth kind of writing. It's really good for that. Right? Yeah. But there are people who will criticize on style. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the style police. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I love to write st- sentences that have one word or that are uh, phrases. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I use the tool Grammarly, right, to check yep, my yep. writing, the, 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 the app that you can use to show like word counts and give you suggestions. Yeah. And, it, and it's great. And sometimes I'm like, eh, bag it. I don't care. Pretty much. Yeah. I know it's a phrase. Oh, there's not an antecedent. <laughs> don't, I don't care. Don't care. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like writing actually builds your confidence in, in, in oh, writing. Definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where a lot of us want to write, but then we're terrified. And so we don't do it. I wrote for myself for years. And then suddenly I started writing a little bit and then I turned in a piece to Fast Company and it went really wide. And that was one of the first pieces of really public writing I ever did because I was terrified for years that people wouldn't like my style. And I mean, I had studied writing and I loved it. I'd taken as many writing classes as I could, but I was terrified. 
Yep, yep. Right, that my style wouldn't be like everybody else's because I hated formal style. And that's yeah. that's how I felt for a very long time. It was just like you know, it was all about style and grammar. It's like, oh, I'm gonna get the grammar wrong or something, and it's just like nobody cares really. Well, right, and there are editors for that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I've learned. I've learned the power of editors for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, they can. They can do tremendous amounts. That's very um, true. So that that's so interesting. Do you think now, looking back, that you know you were not a good writer? Do you think it was maybe your perspective, like, or was it both true? What what what's your perspective on that? Uh, I think that you know I'm I'm not like I'm definitely not going to be like um, Oscar Wilde or anything like that. But um, you know I, I personally have taken the approach of. Uh, if I can effectively communicate, you know, something that's as complicated and academic and dry as machine learning to somebody who's <laughs> just starting out in uh, programming or, you know, whatever, then I've succeeded. And, you know, I, I feel like that's my, uh, my bar for, like, whether I'm a good writer or not. And, um, you know, based off of the feedback that I've gotten, people have basically said that, you know, they, they like the book and they get it and that they learn stuff. So um, I think that it's, um, yeah, it, I don't know. I, it, you know, I, I still have imposter syndrome a little bit, but mm -hmm. like I've gotten over a lot of it by just, instead of focusing on being a good writer, I want to just focus on being a good communicator. Right, the difference between being a good writer and being a good communicator, and sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're not. Exactly. Right, and I'm thinking particularly because you know a lot of our, our the folks you know are in 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 this audience are you know they're technical folks you know they're right, I wouldn't yeah. say they're 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 really writers the the my my writer friends and writer audience would probably hate me right now, um, but. Um, <laughs> Oh well, um, and I think writing a book probably helped you become a better art communicator in general. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it um, it teaches you a lot about how to, first of all, structure your ideas, organize them, and and make them digestible. You know, uh, as opposed to just kind of like you know splatting it out on a page and hoping for the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, it it's definitely helped with communication and. Um, you know, making your ideas really stick on people. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain. So do you think that, um, I guess, you know, what was, what was maybe the biggest thing you learned by writing these two books? Not like underestimating mindset, I guess, is, is like such a big thing because, you know, when I started, I just had so much imposter syndrome and like, like you know i don't know this stuff or you know i'm not a phd or uh, i'm not a good writer or you know all that all that like, self-talk uh, that i'm sure a lot of people do um but mm. it, it was just one of those things of like l listening uh to whatever you're saying and acknowledging it but like not spending too much time in that like you know negative self-talk i guess um so I, I i guess for me it was i was i learned a lot about you know myself uh, around that and in the mindset that it will would like hold me back i i love that you said that because a lot of times i think it's easy to skip over the mindset yeah. um and and to not see how powerful that can be or how destructive it can also be right you know um the way that we can live in that and the way that we can be with it and know that it exists and acknowledge it and then choose not to engage it or believe it. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's really great. The, the, you know, what was the most challenging out of the process in both or one of them? I'd say the hardest thing for me was, um, honestly, time management. Hmm. Um, because you know i would i would chunk through it like and i would schedule and that kind of stuff but it, you know it's, it, writing a book is one of those things that you know for me it was really important but it was not an urgent thing it was like well i could do that next tuesday or you know i could put it off and um that was that turned out to be hard um to to be really consistent 
at writing because like you know once I got down to it and started writing it was okay but it was you know it's one of those things of scheduling that time and being very like treating it like a job you know um because it because it is a side thing you know like when you write a book like it's you have to do other stuff you have to do your job you have to you know right because you're not going to make you're not going to live off that money no (laughs) i mean i just want to just i'm sorry if i just like crushed everyone's hearts here yeah but you're not going to live off that money you got a small advance right yeah, it's yeah. I'm not going to retire off of that. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. yeah. And then the money that you get, the, the money that you get from uh, then the like the what you might call like the royalties or from every sale is actually shockingly low too. Oh yeah, it's pretty it's, minuscule. It's, it's it's pretty small. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I could buy Legos with it or something, but mm, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, <laughs> some nice Lego sets. Um, yeah, much, you know, build, build some Legos and yeah. go look for their work. And so that finding that time to schedule it and treat it like not just a side project, but like a side job. Yes. Is really, really important. Yep. So do you think you'll write another book? Uh, I've thought about it, um, but I haven't committed to it yet. <laughs> Have they asked? Um, no. Uh, they've, they've asked me to do other stuff like... Um, online training which which i have been doing and yep. I've, I've actually been enjoying that quite a bit yep so so you haven't you've thought about you would potentially write another book but you're not committed to anything at this point no no yeah and i'm, I'm taking a break for probably a couple of years <laughs> yeah yeah i mean because you wrote two books in the span of what uh like three years basically right i so love that you shared the story of writing these two books and it's interesting how different they were, the experiences. Yeah. They were so very different. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I think it, um, I really appreciate how candid you are and how willing you were to share like the personal stuff that you know that you went through in, in, in writing the books and particularly the second book. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Yeah, thank you.